My guest today gave up drinking in 2015 and turned to dope. Cookie dope, that is. D-O, cookie dough with a P. Uh, and now she is the founder and fearless leader of dope. And they make cookie dough of all kinds. She went on Shark Tank, got rejected, let that motivate her. She built her business to so big that they invited her back to Shark Tank in May. We saw her story as it unfolded on Shark Tank and said, man, what an incredible business. And we got to have her on Background Check Podcast. So today she tells her story of dope, how she came up with dope. But then we dig deep into her background and learn her story of how it all came to be. Today we do a background check on Kelsey Morera of Dope. Let's go! Have you or someone you know had your life turned upside down because of your past? Of course I have. Everyone does background checks now, which makes it hard to bounce back. What do you believe? I believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It, sh- it should pay you back. This podcast will inspire you, motivate you, and inform you with everything you need to rise above your past and, and not be afraid to say, go, go ahead. Check my background. My name is Jaden Gum, and this is Background Check. You already know. Let's go. You can check my background. I'm a forgiving felon, so tell them that I won't back down now. You can bet I won't live in regret. It's time to earn some respect. You are tuning in to Background Check. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Background Check Podcast, where we believe your background shouldn't hold you back. It should pay you back. And with every episode, with every guest, with every story, topic we share, uh, I'm making my background pay me back. And thank you so much for listening. Wherever you're listening from, your car, your bed, your the gym, a cell, uh, your warden's office. I know some of you wardens listen. I know you do. Uh, invite me to your prison. I'll come share. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go share at the Missouri prison uh, next uh, two weeks, three weeks, some, somewhere around there. Um, brought to you all as always by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. If you want to know more about us, ForgivenFelons.org is the website. We're in the transition of updating all that with everything that's going on. And um, we got North Texas Giving Day coming up. So uh, if you want to be a sponsor for that or if you just want to come to the, the event, we'll have all the information, the flyer and everything on our website, on our, all of our social media. Man, we're going to have Bounce House. Uh, food trucks, uh, free throw competition. If you think you can hit uh, more free throws in a row than anybody else that night, you you win a prize. You walk away with cash. Uh, we're going to have a 50-50 raffle. It's going to be car, cars, motorcycles. I hope if you have a car or a motorcycle that you want to show off, show up to Legacy Park at Trinity Church. Uh, go to the website. Find out all the information. I want you all to bring your cars and show. I'm, we are giving a best-in-show we're not, we won't be able to do all the categories because we didn't have time. But we will do a best in show for uh, for a motorcycle and for a car. So uh, come on out. Join us. I want to give some shout-outs real quick. Chris from the Pallage Unit. What's up, Pallage Unit? Welcome to the tablet world. Uh, Chris, thank you for writing, man, and, and all the people you've mentioned that you've enjoyed listening to because you were locked up with them at one time. I, I kind of texted them all and said, hey, you remember Chris? And and uh and they all spoke highly about you you know want you to do the right thing and and press forward and 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 bounce back from all this but um they all spoke highly of you so keep doing what you're doing all right chip chip up in youngstown ohio welcome uh welcome to listening to the show thanks for well looks like you've been listening for a while looks like you've been ignoring that call to write for a while but i'm glad we gave took away all the um excuses 
And so uh, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you and uh, and all the nice words you said. Keep spreading the word and uh, praying for both of you guys to uh, to just may the Lord give you guys everything you need for this part of your journey. All right, love you guys. Um, all right, this show, this show is uh, this episode is also sponsored um, by Dope D O U G H P. Like cookie dough with a P. All right. Uh, Kelsey Marrera is the our guest today. And I got to interview her. She got clean in 2015. Uh, from sober, from alcohol. And then she, she talks about how in the interview, how she said, you know, when to, to, uh, to substitute the times where she would drink, she would eat sweets. You know, she's out with her friends and they were drinking and getting another glass of wine. She would order, order chocolate cake. And so... Sweet eating sweets was a part of her recovery, so she started baking cookies and eating cookie dough, and just had this idea, and 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 she opened up this this company called Dope, and it's just raw cookie dough. She found a substitute for the egg, so it's safe to eat and stay on the shelf in the refrigerator, and she has turned that thing into a huge business, but also a huge platform to bring awareness to addiction, recovery, mental health. And it's incredible. So she was on Shark Tank in 2017. Nobody gave her a deal because it was cookie dough and they thought it was unhealthy. And But somebody, someone did. One of the sharks did give her an idea of maybe doing smaller portions. So she took that idea and ran with it. And she killed it online in the pandemic. Killed it. I mean, just was incredible. And then uh, they invited her back on Shark Tank, which is where my family comes in. We love Shark Tank, so we're sitting there watching it back in May. And and we see this update. They're doing an update on somebody who did not get a deal. And usually they do an update on on a deal that they made with, with you know somebody. But they said they didn't make a deal. But they gave the update because she followed their advice and came out with dope drops. And there's there's just, I got a two pound bag in my freezer right now. And they're just these little cookie. Now this is cookie dough that can be eaten raw, or you can. Serve it up and, and bake it and eat them as cookies too. And they're both they're they're good both ways. Listen, I make great cookies. I really do. My cookies have won awards, but I love her cookies. You know, they they make some great cookies. So uh my kids love it. Oh my gosh, they love the different flavors. We love the dope drops that you can get at Costco. And uh I mean this Kelsey was uh labeled thirty under thirty with Forbes, several other things she gives I think it's 1%, she'll tell you. 1% of all the profits that come in goes to a reco- an international recovery group called She Recovers. Uh, she also started her own nonprofit called Dope for Hope, in which they do all these things, incredible stuff. All the links are going to be on the show page. But I just felt like I met a new friend, and her story of, of alcohol, man, is just so similar to mine. Uh, we ended up different paths and routes. You know, We ended up different def- destinations from it. But um, but she she turned her life around, and she is doing incredible things in the recovery world, the addiction world, the uh, um, the mental health space. So go to dope.com, d-o-u-g-h-p.com, and learn more about her. And uh, and here's the deal: what she's doing. We're partnering with her. Okay, so so I got two deals for you. Everybody, listen. Two deals. All right. When you get out of prison. You can uh, you can you can look this, or I, I even suggested to her that we get it on the prison commissary, because uh, sell the pints on prison commissary, because that would give you all the ability to 
you know, buy a pint and just not eat it right away, you know, like you have to with the Bluebell. So here's the deal. For the month of September, happy National Recovery Month. September is National Recovery Month. We're going to be celebrating it all month long for uh, with Forgiven Felons, but we are celebrating it with Dope, partnering with Dope and Kelsey, okay? So here's the deal. Two ways. Number one, if you live in Texas, Louisiana, Arkansas, Kansas, or Oklahoma, go to your Costco, and in the freezer section, there's going to be the two-pound bags of dope drops. All right? Buy that. Buy that two-pound bag or buy several. Either way, buy them. And when you leave, don't throw the receipt away. Okay? Take a picture of the receipt and send it to me, jdangum, J-A-Y-D-A-N-G-U-M-M, at Forgiven Felons. F-O-R-G-I-V-E-N-F-E-L-O-N-S dot org. Uh, email me the receipt. And then I turn them all in during the month of September. They're going to donate $5. They're going to donate $5. So when you buy a bag of dope, they're going to donate $5 to forgiven felons. All right? So do that. The other way is if you can't get near a Costco or you live in these other states and you just want to order some dope online, um, go to dope.com and order what you want. Check out, and then in the coupon code area, put background check. All one word, background check. Okay, and you'll get five dollars off. All right, so let's let's, let's spread spread the love, share, share the dope. All right. Um, okay, here's my interview with Kelsey, and you're gonna love it. And I'll see you towards the final thoughts. Kelsey Morera from Dope. Um, Hello. Welcome to Background <laughs> Check Podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. It's awesome. Okay. I haven't even done this interview yet, but it's already going to be, I know, one of my most uh, exciting interviews. Um, and it's its an honor to have you here. Um, let me just tell everybody real quick how you got here, uh, because uh, we, my family, love to watch Shark Tank. And we were watching it. I have a nine-year-old and, a, and an eight-year-old daughter, and uh, they just want to be, they want to do everything in business. And we love to watch the, uh, the updates, you know, of people, the former people that had deals and we love those. Well, then all of a sudden we see this update and it involves somebody who didn't get a deal. And we're like, well, that's odd. Well, then they start sharing your story and, and then, and then obviously they, they, they share, you share some of your story and it was just incredible. The first thing I realized was, gosh, she, she got told no, but she took their advice, some of their advice. And went and built this company. I think at that point when it aired, you said the the video said that you had done like nine million in sales since since then or something. I think I think that might be right. Um, but I was just like, my goodness, you know. And but I know they gave honor to you because you said you took their advice anyway and made smaller portions, all that. But then I was just like, babe, I saw my wife, babe. This the business part of this story is incredible, but I am interested in her recovery story. And then my family looks at all, Jessa, my, my nine-year-old, she loves to be on the podcast. She looked at me, she goes, daddy, do you know, are you thinking what I'm thinking? <laughs> That's and, so cute. Oh and my I gosh. Said, I said, yes. And we both said background <laughs> check podcast at the same time. So I said, uh, well, I, I said, I don't know. We've had some celebrities on here, but you know, not everybody says yes. And so um, I said, she's going to be super busy right after this. So I said, we well, just have to see. So we ordered the, had just celebrated my 19 year sober in April. And so I said, you know what? I said, thank you. I said, there's a, there's a, a, 
a sober birthday package. We're going to order it. We're going to celebrate again. And so we did that. We had fun with the confetti and everything. And so. Oh, I, I love it. I so stepped, awesome. Look, I stepped out. Come true. <laughs> I stepped out and asked and you said yes. And here we are now. It's September. It's National uh, Recovery Month. And uh, so it's an honor to have you on during this month because this month is wasn't always this yeah. special to me, but now it's special. So tell everybody about who it. you are now, what you do and, and talk, <laughs> talk about shark tank a little bit and, and, and how you got, sure. how you got dope started. Of course, of course. Yeah. And I am so excited. It's uh, national recovery month. It's also my sober birthday in September. So I really just nice. like doubled up the joy. Oh. And <laughs> yours is, uh, I didn't plan that at the time, but and it, yours yeah, is how long, long, seven years now. Yeah. It'll be seven, seven. years, uh, September 14th. Yeah. So pretty amazing. So the, uh, I would say like, crowning achievement of that decision is dope that I'm super excited to tell a little bit about today and why you guys saw me on Shark Tank. Uh, it is edible and bakeable and ridiculously tasty cookie dough. So I have an insatiable sweet tooth and early in sobriety, I was just baking all the time, like could not get out of the kitchen. Nights and weekends for my job, I was baking goods and taking them into the office. And after enough nudges of like, this is really good, you should sell this. Like, you know, and I was doing cookies and cakes and all sorts of stuff, but got that idea of like, oh, entrepreneurship, like I could do my own thing. And literally my only example as well had been Shark Tank. Like, I was like, well, that, that's entrepreneurs. Like I don't have any in my family. And look at these wild people on TV, like going after their dreams and super passionate and doing it. And I always was a bit like faster maybe than the corporate life could, uh, right. could allow me. I had been working at Intel since I was 16 years old. And it was just kind of like that traditional corporate slog yeah. and with the stress and all that I'll go into later. But I think on the creative aspect, I always felt a little constrained. And so the idea of creating my own company was just like, oh, I'd get to like do whatever I want, yes. like use as many exclamation points and copywriting as I want, all the little things uh, to really make a brand that was like me and something that my friends and I would love. And um, I really just got so excited about that idea and yeah. the idea for what dope is with cookie dough really struck because I was attempting to be a vegan in early sobriety, but I totally sucked at that. <laughs> so I was still <laughs> using butter, uh, which makes dope so delicious and like melt in your mouth. Awesomeness. Yes. Yes. But I had a great substitute for raw eggs. And so like inadvertently through my like part-time veganism, I just wouldn't really have eggs on hand, but right. I was still baking with butter. And so my longtime cookie recipe I had like this aha moment going, wait, I can eat as much of this as I want since I don't have eggs in it and it's still super delicious and I can bake it. So best of both worlds. Everybody loves cookie dough. Like why do we eat it one bite at a time in our kitchen? Yeah. yeah. And uh, decided this could be my thing. This could be the business I start to bring cookie dough to the masses. And um, and I started dope uh, April 20th of 2017, I set out with like a little food cart I had built for $500 at a little wood shop in uh, San Francisco. Wow. I found a commercial kitchen in Oakland who let me rent space there. And I made my first hundred pounds of cookie dough and like wagoned it back over on the public transportation to SF and set up to sell and sold out in three hours our first day, all hundred pounds. So I was like, okay, oh <laughs> we're my on to something. Goodness. Now, what <laughs> so, was it like the difference between making you know, your little, your little baking mixing bowl at home and then mixing a hundred pounds. I mean, yeah. How do it's you so mentally... funny to look back. <laughs> so hilariously, like I, I have this photo of me next to my first hundred pounds and I am looking like so proud. I'm literally glowing. I'm covered in flour. 
And I didn't even have an apron at the time. I was literally wearing like a workout shirt or something. And um, like, it was just a, it was the best, but the best part is I'm standing next to the hundred pounds and it's packed in gallon Ziploc bags, which like, if anyone knows food service, like that's not the best vessel for cookie dough to have to like scrape out of it after. (laughs) But you know, you're just so, I was so new, but so excited and just like gonna do it, you know? And every step was like, I'm going to find a way. And then of course, you know, I'm in a shared commercial kitchen. So I got some advice from some friends I yeah, made there yeah, who yeah. were like, hi, these are Cambro containers, you know, plastic food service containers. You didn't know what Cambro <laughs> you didn't know what Cambro was before then? No, oh, no, wow. Cambro and I were not friends. So did yet. you do all that all that by yourself in the beginning? Or did yeah. you have some help? So the hundred pounds you no, mixed all that up by yourself and wheeled totally it over. Totally solo. And- yeah. And then after that, you know, I, um, I reached what? out to a food park in San Francisco to be like, Hey, I've got a cookie dough company. Can I set up like thinking maybe I'd hear back in a few months, they wrote back in two hours and wow. they were like, what a cool concept. Like, when can you start? So then came like, okay, I got to get a system down here. I started having my mom and my stepdad come out to do production days with me on Sunday. So they would drive from Sacramento to San Francisco and oh uh, to the Oakland facility and produce with me for like six hours every Sunday um, drop me off with all my dough at my apartment in SF and they'd drive back to Sacramento. So wow. you just, you just do it. And yeah, now, we've what was the, so far today. How was the package presentation at the, at the beginning? What, what did you put so, it in? Yeah. So back in the beginning, it was a scoop service, like an ice cream bar. So the okay. cart I had, you know, had four slots for us to scoop. So I had like dope branded cups that I used to just scoop okay. one, two or three scoops. We had self-control was one scoop. Uh, legit was two scoops and fully commit was three scoops. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love so that. We had a lot of fun. Um, and it wasn't long after that, that I got our first um, kind of physical, physical location, a kiosk on market street. And that was my two year sobriety anniversary was the grand wow. opening of that location. So I said on the Facebook event, this was my first time publicly sharing my sobriety on behalf of dope, you know, as the public figure, if you will, of dope. Yeah. I had, I said, if you say it's dope to be sober at checkout in celebration of the founder's two year sober birthday, you'll get 20% off. So just a little promotion with it. Yeah. And the messages we started getting from people, like, as I'm sure you can imagine being someone who's outspoken in the space, it's amazing what happens when you become this little like flag yes. waving saying, Hey, like I'm on the same page as you and you can talk to me if you need. And we're a cookie dough company. So they're writing into a cookie dough company yeah. being like, Hey, I'm two weeks sober. Do you know of any good meetings in the city? Or someone was 13 years sober and was like, I've never told anyone, never told anyone publicly. Like, it's amazing to see you sharing this. And wow. I just thought, wow, like what a responsibility I have to try and like use dope for good. And as a platform to talk about these issues that so affected me and made me feel so alone, like I just want to yell from the rooftops, like, you're not alone. <laughs> like, we're here. So and when we're did together it, and it's okay. <laughs> so when did it click in? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming kind of during that time that you needed to do uh, more for this demographic than just provide cookie dough, uh, such as, you know, where can I find the, you know, a meeting? Because you didn't probably know yeah. where all the meetings were at that point. Yeah. You probably knew where one or two uh, were, but how, how, when did you say, okay, I got to help the masses. Uh, with with their individual journey. So how do I start doing that too? Yeah. In addition to making a great product. Right. Like I think it really formulated over the next six months from that moment. Um, I started the Dope for Hope initiative and began to think through like first was like, what's the impact I want to have? You know, I really want to like elevate the conversation. I want people to know that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to celebrate recovery yeah, too. The sober yeah. birthday boxes are part of that. 
Like, how do we make that something that's normalized to be excited about? Not, you know, I used to get asked like, Kelsey, are you going to tell investors that you're sober? And I'm like, I can't wait to tell them. It's like the coolest thing about me. Like it's an awesome thing that I've done. So reframing is like a big component of it. And then came like, what can I do to walk that walk inside the company? So we became a designated recovery friendly workplace, uh, had started a mental health policy real early on to let our employees bring their full selves to work. Oh Um, man, that's awesome. The last piece was for donations, you know, being a company and knowing like, okay, as an enterprise, like you can produce funds and I could donate a portion of that to those that are already doing amazing shit in the, in the space. I'm yes. sorry, I'm not allowed to curse on yeah. here. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've, okay. So, uh, <laughs> dope for hope. What does exactly dope for hope do? Hope for dope. Yeah. What, what is it? Hope for dope. No, you dope got for it. Hope. <laughs> dope for hope. Dope for hope. Yep. So dope for hope is those three pillars I just talked about, we've got like our uh, community awareness, raising resource sharing, we dedicate like a whole email blast and text blast to mental health being like, Hey, shoot us back a text with like one high and one low from your last week. And then we have literally hundreds of conversations with our customers about what's like going on in their life. And that is the most special thing. Like some people saying, you know, this felt really good just to be able to write it down, you know, thanks for listening or, um, I hadn't really checked in with myself in a while. Like, thanks for the reminder, just all sorts of stuff um, that they really needed someone to to talk to. And yeah. as a company, like you have a, an option to say, okay, we've got 200,000 emails. We've got 35,000 people wanting to get texts from us. And we could just spit out like dope sales stuff all day of these cookie dough flavors you need to buy and whatever. But like, is that really what matters? And you have this chance to reach so many people, one in 12 Americans in recovery. And you've got, um, you know, one in five with uh, mental illness. I, yeah. I think there's just so much more to talk about when that's at our at our core. So the community is really that first core. The second is the walk the walk that I was talking through about what we do for our, our company. And then the last piece of Dope for Hope is the donations. It's 1% of all of our sales company-wide to a nonprofit that works in the space. And our beneficiary is the She Recovers Foundation. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Go ahead and talk about them a little bit and what 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 that partnership means to you guys. Yeah. So she recovers is uh, for women who are in or seeking recovery. And I love that this sort of spans like mental health challenges, life challenges and substance use disorder, of course, which is probably the primary uh, reason individuals are reaching out and connecting with the group. What started as a support Facebook page has just morphed into this like really incredibly interwoven community of women that are supporting one another on their respective journeys and the understanding that there's not one path for everybody, you know, uh, there are 12 step programs and there are more like uh, spiritual programs. And there are just like, I just need to know a lot of other people that are in recovery yeah. and keep talking to them and do my thing, you know, and it's fine. I'm like totally of the belief that like, however, it gets you to this better version of yourself, like That's do it, you know, so good. just do so it. So good. A lot of people so don't really believe that. that. A lot of people don't believe that. And, you know, and I come from a faith community and sometimes the faith community can, can get so narrow-minded that, you know, this is the only way you have to have faith. And if you don't have faith, then you're not going to be able to do it. And I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I took, uh, I'm a peer recovery coach, so I had to take classes and, and, and that's the one thing that they said, uh, you know, there's, there's so many, everybody's recovery journey is different. And even coming out of prison, you know, I've been out of prison 16 and a half years. And so when guys come out of prison, who've been locked up for several years, maybe, they didn't, they didn't have a chance to do any drugs in prison. So now they come out sober, but they come back out to more, more potential triggers and temptations and stuff. And so we still work with those guys coming out of prison, 
Uh, and because I know I came out of prison. So I know they asked me like, Jay, do you yeah. still drink? Do you ever drink again? Do, do you ever get tempted to drink? And I'm like, yeah, man, you guys make me want to drink every day almost, but I don't, <laughs> you know, and lighthearted, but, but everybody's journey is different. And yeah. that's what I love about people, uh, like you who actually, um, actually promote that and are able to meet people where they are. If people just yeah. need one step, whether they need 12 steps, whether they take four and, 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 and they're good after four or whatever, you know, some yeah, people just after linear, inventory, you know? just, yeah. Just after inventory, sometimes uh, it, people are just like, I get it now. I get it. You know? And yeah. so, uh, yeah, so she, I think it's like nobody's journey was the same when we were struggling. So why would we expect that they all will have the same path? to work on the other side, you know? So I'm just totally open to what works for individuals I want to support. And the end goal is that we all are living a more fulfilled version of ourselves with those, you know, past sort of demons put to bed and not, not needing to still hold us down today. So what was the very first, when you knew you were going to start the business, what was the very first flavor you knew you had to start with? Oh, chocolate chip without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Now, but what's your favorite you know, though? What's your the favorite? Funniest thing, the funniest thing is um, we really started with that scoop shop model back in the day. And now, you know, we've transitioned to being um, online. We ship nationwide and in grocery stores, but through and through and all the sampling we do or all the selling we used to do in the stores, people would walk up and look at all the flavors we have and they'll say, I'll just take the cookie dough. Or can I have the cookie dough? And I'm like, okay, I know they mean chocolate chip, but they just yes. can't get in their heads. But like, yeah. Everything okay, is like, chocolate chip cookie dough. Yep. The, yeah. This blue Oreo flavor is also cookie dough. And this rainbow sprinkle one's also cookie dough. Um, but you know, my all time favorite, I made a flavor called lavender dreams, maybe back in 2018, it was lavender and white chocolate chip, um, oatmeal cookie dough. Oh, wow. And I love it. Like the texture of oatmeal cookie dough is so good. We're actually going to be doing a spiced oatmeal raisin this, uh, holiday season for the first oh, time. Oh my goodness. Yes. And it's so good. It's been a while since we did oatmeal and I've been getting like tons of requests for it. What so a I'm great, like, okay. Yeah. Are you, now it. have you ever, or will you ever put any kind of pumpkin spice flavor in any of your cookie dough? Okay, so we've done obligatory fall flavor for the last two years, and that is our pumpkin spice flavor. Um, okay. We're working on reformulating it for next year, so it may not be making an appearance this year. I want to shake some things up and try a twist, because uh, nice. it's hilarious how early it started getting released. I think we dropped it last year, like the end of August, it was yeah. already out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, we're taking a pause in 22 for pumpkin spice. It needs a breather. It's gotten too basic. <laughs> we, need to, we need to shake it up. So how long, how long after you started, you know, you did, you sold that first hundred pounds. How long after that, did you realize you needed more staff? Like when did mm -hmm. you like, okay, well, who I have working for me right now, or just myself and my parents, when did you, how did you, what was your growth pattern? So like when you first started, it was just yeah. you and your parents, but then when did you hire somebody else? And, and then yeah. how did y'all incrementally grow to what you are today? How many staff do you have today? Yeah. Uh, great question. So I started really with like, like you said, it was me and, and then occasional uh, kitchen help from my parents, but like working all the events, booking the events, making the website, doing the accounting, you know, all that good stuff was just at me and coming from a very structured 10 years in corporate America to like, every day is the same. Chaos. It's like, Oh my gosh, I was a mess. I was like, I need some structure. So I used to book off like, okay, Mondays are marketing days, Tuesdays are accounting days. And then, so you know, I would add into that when I had to work events, because I was doing lots of catering back then. So corporate offices and stuff doing um, pop up parties. So I would literally have to get like a lift, load all my stuff in, go to the office, 
get let in their whatever freight tower, you know, go up and uh, set up for an event, scoop for a couple hours, tear everything down, get another Uber home to my apartment and haul it all back up. I was bruised from head to toe in those days. And then I finally hit a, a time about two months in and I had an event for seven days in a row. So one event a day, seven days in a row, a couple of those were like more than a thousand people that I was serving. Uh, of which I had a volunteer friend who had agreed to help uh, show up and she couldn't get out of her meeting. So I did a thousand person event by myself. (laughs) And at the end of the seven days, I was like, yeah, and this is not a pity party. It's just a like, I had to get real with myself that this was not sustainable. Yeah. Because I got to the end of that and I looked at the upcoming week and I had no events booked. And I was like, I can't keep growing the business if I'm the only one in the business. And that was the real marker for me of like, I have to have a different growth strategy here. It's not going to just be me at the helm running every event. I'm going to need some help. So hired some part-time staff at that point. And then because of the evolution of the business, we have fluctuated so much from at one point having like 30 to 40 employees when we had both our San Francisco and Las Vegas store running Uh, Yeah, about 40 employees, um, mostly part-time, maybe 10 of those full-time. And so that was, that's a lot to coordinate very different business model when we moved fully online and we're e-commerce we outsource our manufacturing and fulfillment so we've got a great partner on both of those and um our staff became like marketing and operations components so uh we're very lean today it's my husband and i are co-ceos in the business and um we have one part-time employee who's in our support crew a freelancer who's full-time on support and then I've just sort of got a mix of freelancers on the marketing side, like three or four individuals nice. to help uh, freelance on marketing and some operations consultants. So just really um, like flexible and different these days. Yeah. Like there's 14 of us on every week, all hands call, but um, primarily under the under contracts like freelance instead of direct uh, employees. So seems now to be you, the way of the world. <laughs> do you or are even are you able to answer everybody's you know, uh, cry for help yourself, or do you have a team that helps you respond and correspond? Yeah. So we do have a great support crew. There are happiness representatives. And so we, um, we really like take it seriously on any outreaches of, you know, needing support around mental health or recovery and questions around that. Uh, we have an escalation plan where they send it to me to respond. So, uh, and, and it's fun. Like, you know, I really am, I stay such a face of the brand and try to stay so, so often in like the, um, you know, on Instagram and we send out emails and texts that are from me, like written by me and my team sends them out. So the responses and messages we get are often like directed. They'll be like, Kelsey, like I saw your story and this and that. So I take it really seriously to try and be the one to respond um, to those. The team does a group attack when we do the, give us one high and one low from your last week. That takes a big team effort to respond to everybody. But even with those, if there's one that's a bit more intense and serious and someone really needing support, um, I try to facilitate that and help so we can give them resources and, uh, you know, not try to be, you know, we're not psychologists, we're not trained uh, in that space, but we can yeah. do our best to provide that's resources so and advice for so where they good. could go. So one more question uh, about now before we kind of back go back into your story. Um, what... What was the, what were you after? I didn't see your original episode of Shark Tank. And I don't remember if they said what you were on there for. Like, what were Mm -hmm. you trying to, what deal were you trying to make originally with them that they said no to? Yeah, I think I was doing uh, $400,000 for 10% of the company. Um, So $4 million valuation at the time. And I had raised my first 100,000 to be able to open that Pier 39 store um, a year and a half prior. 
at a 1.2 million valuation. And, you know, now we had that store open and grow and it had all the numbers to show for that. I was on there raising uh, to have capital to open up my Las Vegas store okay. and did not get a deal, you know, kind of turned into the conversation around like cookie dough is not healthy for you. And, you know, with the obesity epidemic and this and that, and I'm sitting there going like, but it's dessert. Like I'm thinking like, do they think dessert's going to disappear? I'm not trying to say like, forget all salads, eat yeah, only yeah, cookie yeah. dough. Like that was not my MO. I didn't come in with a shirt that said, I hate kale. Like I actually have a kale sweatshirt. <laughs> so I just think it's so funny that um, it was very focused on, you know, how many people really like cookie dough and that it's so unhealthy. <laughs> I remember uh, Lori, I remember Lori saying, saying, I mean, she was, they were, she was the one they highlighted uh, about, you know, I, I can't invest in this because it's, it's just not, the portions not too much. It's not healthy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I was just like, wow. Now, uh, yeah. but I think you said on that, on that update episode, I think you said that one of them said something about if you had smaller portions. So at that time, were you only serving like the pints or, or bigger portions or cause you didn't yeah, have the dope, that, the dope bites at that point. Right. Or did yeah, you? Yeah. No dope, no dope drops at that point. Those drops. cookie dough bites. We, yeah, we had, um, our scoop shop. So just the one, two or three scoops. And so it was sort of that like gotcha. um, ice cream shop service versus the prepackaged for retail. They did see, we had these little four ounce jars for retail. Um, but yeah, the, the drop idea had been on my mind. And when they started kind of poking around portion control and the obesity epidemic, I thought that's kind of the way of the world in desserts lately has been this bite movement of getting things yeah. into a smaller size. So you can take just a few and be good or you know, I don't care if you want to take two or three, or if you want to sit and eat the whole bag, <laughs> have at it. And if it feels better that it's in small, it's portions, hard, it's hard not to eat the whole okay. bag. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I think it's just one of those things that like balances the bottom line. Yeah. And I think the best comments we get are people who are like, just spent all day Sunday, you know, meal prepping for my week. Now I'm like rewarding myself with a pint of dope. It's like, nice, go for nice. it. You know, like, you got to have some joy in your life and like certs not going anywhere. And for someone who really leaned on sweets, as I got into recovery, I always had a sweet tooth, but gosh, when everyone was going to get their glass of wine after dinner, I'd be like, I'll have a slice of chocolate cake. Yes, there I will go. at the restaurant or whatever. <laughs> so I just think it's, um, you know, it's okay to balance it out and do what works for you. Are you happy it worked out the way it did? Or do you, is some part of you like really wish that you would have got to deal with one of them? No, I'm so happy it worked out. I think it's it worked out just like it was supposed to. I, of yeah. course, was emotionally crushed. It was such a high to have been preparing for this so long and be working so hard for it. And the weeks leading up, I mean, the adrenaline is just, you can't imagine. Yeah. And then when it's filming, like before those doors opened, I literally was like, okay, that I'm going to pee my pants on <laughs> national television. And that's just like, what's going to happen? I was emotionally like settling myself to accept that i have never felt that level of more wow. support and back in intel days i'd spoken to a crowd of four thousand people you know wow. so thinking like okay i'm gonna be fine it's yeah, five yeah. people in chairs no it is the feeling you have your brain is like I there bet. are millions of people who will see this forever like that's all you could keep saying so i was wow. having to like goose fraba myself and calm down <laughs> <laughs> a little anger management yeah, yeah i was I was having a, a real nervous attack there. So when it didn't work out and I was going like, oh my God, this didn't go as I thought it was going to go. And I was so confident and I had nailed my pitch and I knew my numbers. And then it was like, wait, they don't like cookie dough? <laughs> like what? And so I, I totally went off a cliff with, with my emotions and I took a mental health day the next day, kind of take care of myself. But um, all in all, it's the best thing that could have happened because it really yeah. 
one gave me like a great experience pitching. I have never been nervous to pitch to any investor ever since. Yeah, I bet. That is definitely the, <laughs> that's a big confidence booster of like, you made it through that, you can do anything. And, um, you know, did and then the- Did it motivate you? Did it motivate yeah, you? Yeah, I think so. Of like, I can't wait to go and show them that I am going to make it no matter what. Because, you know, when you start a company and you put your heart and soul into it, I know without a doubt, this will be incredibly successful yeah. and is going nowhere anytime soon. So you're lucky to be a part of it if you'd yes. like to join. And if not, then that's okay. I'll find somebody else who's super stoked about it and believes in yeah. me. And and I did just that. So yeah. my third time going on Shark Tank will be as a guest shark, I have decided. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's all they can do is bring you back as a shark because, you know, I, I, out of all the years of watching, I literally, and I'm sure there may be another episode, but I've never watched an episode where they did an update on somebody that, that did not get a deal. So I don't know yeah, if there I'm ever so is grateful. one, but we've, we've watched, you know, so I, they got to bring you back as a guest shark. Cause you, you've been so successful. Um, okay. But it hadn't always been this way, <laughs> you know, what 2015, yeah. you know, what, what got you to 2015, you know, uh, where, where are you from? Uh, what was your upbringing yeah. like, you know, family, kid, you know, uh, sisters, brothers, um, you know, when did, when did your addiction, uh, journey start the part of it where you started using and, and, yep. uh, what, what was going on in your life and, and, you know, maybe kind of end with sure. that. Was there, what was the transforming moment? What was the, what was the, yeah. was oh, it? Shit. <laughs> yeah. 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 What was I mean, the oh shit moment? <laughs> I mean, I had, I had lots of those moments in, in detox, you know, every time I got pulled over for a DWI or drunk public intoxication, I, I had those small ones, but you know, like, all right, I need to, I need to stop doing what yeah. I'm doing. But then, you know, when I ended up in prison in solitary confinement, you know, for eight days, that's, that was my moment, you know? And uh, yeah. so, so tell us a little bit about, let's do a background check. Yeah. So I was born just outside of Dallas in Carrollton. Um, most of my, <laughs> most of my family is actually uh, born and raised here in Texas and Dallas. And my uh, Nana and Papa, my grandparents, they lived in Hideaway my whole life. So um, though my immediate family moved me out to Sacramento when I was really young, spent, you know, at least two times a year coming out to Texas to see the rest of the family and have just now made it back. So as of, uh, about a year ago, I became a Texas resident again. So I'm yes. happy to be home. Glad to have you back. <laughs> um, but you know, as a kid growing up in California and I, my parents got divorced when I was six, um, I think for me, a lot of my struggles, which started shortly thereafter, uh, with anxiety and perfectionism turns into workaholism and all those, yeah. all those good things. Um, it was a big cry for attention, you know, a confusing time of like, wait, what's going on? They're not going to be together anymore. I've got this like dual house thing going on. Um, I'm fortunate that both parties remained very active in my life. You know, my mom and my dad stayed a part of my life um, and did the balance to try to, you know, two weeks here, two weeks there, but it's a lot of turbulence for a kid. And yeah. one thing I've found is like, what the, one of the most important things in childhood is consistency. And I had none of that. I had a very different experience at one home than I had at the other. Um, my relationship with my mom has been strained off and on through the years. So uh, when I first found alcohol, 14 years old was the first time I drank and, you know, had been invited to go to this party. And I don't really know from being a pretty good kid, I was always so hard on myself. Like the anxiety and perfectionism drove me to have straight A's and be getting the best yeah. grades and all that. But this, uh, I don't really know what drove me to say, you know, I want to lie to my parents and sneak out to go to this party other than like, I wanted to fit in, you know, I had yeah. this real drive to want to be accepted. And in some ways battling with like the, 
I'm doing really well in school and I'm quite gifted and like intelligent, but like, I want to be cool. And what I see in movies and TV is like this picture of coolness, you know, the popular kids at school didn't really care about their grades and like, they just want to go to parties. So I I think pop culture, frankly, influenced me quite a lot in that, that I thought this scene was what being a cool kid would be like. And um, the first time I drank, I drank till I blacked out. And I remember thinking like, what calm had come over my mind that I was like, I could just be one of them. You know, I didn't have the like worrying chatter in my head and the, this voice in my head just freaking me out all the time that I wasn't good enough and doing enough. And um, it was just quiet and I could just be fun and wild and life of the party, Kelsey. And, um, and I said, this is for me. (laughs) So I just really dove into that for the next 10 years of my life, um, really struggled to get a handle on it. And and had even more difficulty coming to the final terms of like, I've got to stop drinking because everything on the surface was so okay. I had great grades. I had uh, gotten this opportunity to work at Intel when I was 16. And um, it was an amazing opportunity. You know, we had a neighbor who worked for Intel and she came over and knocked on the door. It was like uh, summer before my sophomore year, I think it was. And you know, it was like, would Kelsey like to work at Intel? We have an intern program. And my dad was like, yes, she would. And yelled up the <laughs> stairs like, Kelsey, you're going to go work at Intel, get down here. So, you know, it was a 10 year career that started from that moment with Intel. I started um, full-time every summer and part-time every school year until graduating college. And this contrast of like blacking out, injuring myself, getting tickets with the police, you know, false reporting to law enforcement, hospitalizations for being too drunk, you know, I'm the one girl who didn't get off the bus after the party mm, kind of thing because yeah. um, I was blacked out in the back yeah. of it and a whole host of other just things that really didn't represent like who I want to be and didn't let me bring my full self to the world all the time. You know, I was just this like really sneaky ability to be uh, looking so good on the surface and really be struggling inside. Yeah. I had no coping mechanisms for my struggles uh, with mental health. And I finally... September 14th of 2015 was that last straw moment for me. And I had a a boyfriend for four years at that time who had just seen the worst of it, you know, the constant, like, it's going to be different and I promise it won't happen. And then, you know, we're snorting Ritalin and shotgunning beers before we go to a concert. And I decide I don't need pants and throw them into the middle of the crowd. Like it was that kind of crazy. (laughs) Like I was just... Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm 20 something like 22 at that point and yeah. 23, it's like, you're out of college. Like this, this just can't happen. Like this can't happen. And I would constantly be apologizing and those closest to you really take the brunt, you know, the yeah. ones that have oh, yeah. to carry you back that night that have to clean up after you that have to just, they really bear the the weight of that. And, um, we had gone through a period of time when I was 21, about four months where I said, you know, it was an ultimatum that he had given me. I've got to figure this out with alcohol or else, you know, we're not gonna be able to be together. And I tried four months sober and I have the journal entries from that time where I'm writing about like just how much clarity I'm feeling and how amazing it is and how I just can't wait to be able to have a couple drinks, you mm. know, <laughs> that I just, I knew that just this reset was all I needed and that I'd be able to have it together at what a lie I told myself, yeah. like many of us, you know, to try and find, I was like a little puzzle, right? I'm like, yeah. how can I fit alcohol in my life? Like, maybe I only have tequila. What if I exclusively have wine? Yeah. Maybe it's just yes. beer. Oh, like man. all yeah. the things, you know, like only on Tuesdays, like I had every rule and uh, without fail, I would go back into the cycle, you know, it would yeah. last for a little bit. And then I'd go back into it. 
So I'm leaving um, for a business trip in Barcelona in September of 2015. And business trips were always the worst for me. It's that moment where like, you know, everybody is like kind of letting loose and you're the one with the problem with alcohol. You know, everybody else is letting loose, but they're fine. And like they yeah. can control themselves and they know when they've had too much and they're going to go back to their hotel room. Whereas I don't stop. I'm like, I once right. got the train going, like yeah. I'm going all the way. And, um, you know, I, I left for that trip and told my then boyfriend that this time was going to be really different. Um, when we had first started dating four years prior, I'd gone to Spain to study abroad. And my challenges with alcohol led me to um, pretty intense circumstances during that trip. I had a, yeah. a severe blackout um, beginning by my own accord with my drinking. And then I was drugged and raped and mm. flown home the very next day. And my whole study abroad trip had been blown up. And I thought this is my chance to make wow. my experience with Spain different. Like I'm going to go and it's going to be different. It's not going to be like it was before. And I was so convinced that I was going to have it together. Um, I landed in Spain on this trip now in 2015. And um, it was like 1030 in the morning and I get to the hotel and they're like, Oh, you know, Miss Witherow, my maiden name. Here's your welcome bottle of wine. Thanks for being a Marriott member. Mm. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. It's just, or a half bottle of wine. I said, it's just a half bottle of wine. One of those smaller skinny ones. Yeah. I, I'll just, I'll just have a little bit. I'm going to go to the pool and meet up with some coworkers later. And like I said, the train starts going and yeah. I don't stop. So I went to the pool, got, you know, a couple of margaritas the size of my head and, um, and you know, the rest is history. I have some spotty memories towards the evening when, um, you know, we're getting ready to go out for, uh, for dinner and hit my head in the shower. Like I had slipped oh. and fallen pretty hard while I was trying to get myself ready for dinner and gave up on showering and went back to the bar downstairs to continue drinking. Uh, oh. And then my next memory is coming to in a, in a stranger's apartment at three 30 in the morning, um, having, you know, cheated on my boyfriend and just, just blown everything up, you know, lost oh. all my belongings again. And, um, I had such a clear, moment that morning that was like enough is enough i am never doing this again i never want to feel like this again i am so tired of apologizing for actions that i do not remember partaking in you know yeah, 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 uh, yeah. decisions that i didn't feel like i had made but the decision i did make was to pick up a drink that day you know and that's what it led to for me and i had to get real that like it wasn't just a once in a while thing or a maybe it happens sometimes thing it was like this is a problem. And, and the only way to stop it is to really get alcohol in my life. So I called my Nana that morning and uh, she is the sweetest lady from Scotland. They um, moved here when they were just almost 30 years old, her and my papa, like sweetest love story. I won't will spare you of that story today, but um, it sounds she like was it'd be a great one. <laughs> it was so sweet. And she was 21 years sober when she passed away. So through wow. my drinking years had constantly been that voice in my ear of like, I'm worried about you. I love you. You know, I really wish you could, you know, let go of the alcohol. You know, yeah. you just don't need it. You're so fun. You're so vibrant. Like, don't let this dull you. And I still have the stack of letters from her over those years that I used to get, read and go, hm, this is going in the drawer because I just couldn't face it. And that morning was like, she is totally the first person I'm calling. And I said, I'm ready. I want to get sober and I'm, I'm tired of doing this. And she said, well, you need to get your butt to an AA meeting. That's <laughs> what she told me. So she's uh, the first person to have kind of even, yeah, given me a step in the right direction. And I found an English speaking AA meeting that morning and uh, it'll be seven years this, this, uh, this month. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. 
Yeah, that's we're like Thank so, you. we're so close to that day. So happy 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 birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, it is dope to be sober. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, um uh, mine was mine was alcohol as well. Mine was specifically Jack Daniels. Uh if you saw me drinking anything else, um I was already drunk and didn't know what I was drinking or somebody bought it for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I got, I got Jack, Dad, Jack Daniels tattooed on my left arm. Um, that's how all in I was to Jack Daniels. Yeah. And, um, you know, but for me, uh, 19 and a half years now sober and, uh, Amazing. but it, but you know, it didn't five and five DWIs, you know, and I probably could have got a lot more, uh, if it wasn't for my family and friends who would come get me, you know, um, in the middle of the night, the police officers got tired of doing paperwork, you know, and would know, know my vehicle and know me. And they get, uh, you know, call, call my sister or my parents to come get me on the side of the road or in the parking lot of Whataburger, you know, or Exxon or whatever. And just, I mean, I just recently, I, last year, I, I grabbed all of my uh, arrest reports and I wanted to read all of what the, the officers mm -hmm. had to say about my particular arrests. And mm -hmm. I just, I just couldn't believe it. One of them, I was urinating on myself, uh, but I wasn't in yep. front of a bunch of investors. <laughs> I wouldn't, I was just no drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so what do you, what do you tell, yeah. what do you tell the, the alcoholic or the addict that, you know, I mean, cause you, you said, you admitted that there was, you know, there were several times where you said, this is it, this is it. And then one time yeah. you even went four months without, you know, but how do you know, how does one know the difference between just another time where I'm going to give in sooner or later, or this is it. How, what, what did you do differently? Yeah. Was it, was it that one AA meeting? Was it calling your Nana? What is something that you can share that, and I know everybody's different, so not everybody's going to be yeah. able to grab onto this, but what's, what's something that, you know, the addict can, or the alcoholic can, can grab onto to say, all right, I, I want to be done. I'm tired of being done, but this is it. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question that I had to ask myself was like, is alcohol adding value to my life? You know, is insert your substance here. Is it adding value? Like, is it worth it? Is it worth it for whatever's been happening? Like all these different occasions, in these instances, no matter how rare, how frequent, like, is it adding value to my life? And is it worth trying to keep it for all these negative consequences that keep occurring? And I think that clarity for me was like, I knew I had ruined that relationship that I had then, you know, he uh, rightly so ended things with me and it gave me the chance to really be on my own feet to make this decision for me. But what it told me was like, you can't have a healthy relationship with anybody else if you can't have one with yourself. And That's like, good. I need to start with me. I got to have a healthy relationship with myself to be able to form a healthy relationship now. And I'm so grateful to now be three years married with the most wonderful man in the world who has only ever seen this version of Kelsey. And that's a, a really awesome thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, you, you have any kids? No, no, okay. it's it, it in the future, but yep. not yet. Dope is our baby today. There you go. There you go. That's good. Uh, who, who's been a recovery hero for you? Who's been a hero in your recovery journey that has just really been an integral part of, you know, of helping you stay true to yourself and be the best, the best version of yourself. I, I got to give it to my Nana again. I don't mean to be all family sentimental, but she totally is. She has since passed, but she got to see me at one year sober. Um, and it was, it's just, I know she knows and I know she's seeing me and I know she would just be like giddy excited yeah. to know that I started a freaking cookie dough company. We always bake together. Like 
all those memories making cookies in her kitchen. I have her KitchenAid mixer now. Um, oh. I live here in the community with my papa. Wow. So he's three minutes down the road, the house that they lived in my whole life. And um, I get to see him now so often and she would just love it. Oh. So I just do what I do for myself, but for her, like, I just feel like she's really in my yeah. heart now and, and with me. So, yeah, I think she was just the best um, example. I miss my little sober buddy at family get togethers. You know, I miss having her there. Like that year was so fun to have she and I having our mocktails or having yeah, our yeah. club soda and lime or whatever <laughs> and laughing at the family getting drunk and doing silly things. So that's it, so um, funny. You know, I miss her, but uh, I think of her so much. And she, yeah, is a big, a uh, big piece of why I do what I do. Um, and I think all the individuals, like this is a huge part, like all the individuals who reach out to dope with their stories or how, like mm. what we're doing has impacted them. I have a whole folder of all the emails wow. and comments and everything. I keep them when I get those kind of just touching messages that really make what we're doing worthwhile and um, make it my personal commitment even, you know, renewed every time that I'm just like, I'm doing this for so much more than me now. Yeah. What's the hardest part of recovery and the most rewarding part of recovery for you? Um, I, the hardest part in the beginning is just to accept that like you are different. You know, I just, <laughs> after wanting all those years to fit in and like yeah. figure out how to be part of everybody, it was like, girl, let it go. Like you're just built different. And like, there's some awesome shit about that. Like there's yeah. some things that are like really amazing about me being different and amazing gifts that like sobriety has been able to give me. But I had to accept that I was different. And that was super hard in the beginning. Cause I just, I literally told my mom, I was like in the, the early days, you know, I'm like, but how am I ever going to get married? I won't be able to have a champagne toast. That is literally the concern. I had. That's what you were Jay, worried about. You can't make this up. Like that is so, so ridiculous. That's <laughs> Talk great. about like appearances and, you know, wanting to fit in. I'm literally thinking I can't have a champagne toast. Like, come on, you know? Um, oh my I gosh. Think- I relate to that so much. It's so funny. You have such a narrow mind of what yeah. really matters, you know? And that's like that original question of like, does it really matter? Like that, a champagne toast, like, come on, you can have kombucha in there. You could have some sparkling apple cider in there. You can do anything. <laughs> like no one else cares what's in your cup is what I came to learn. Yeah. Um, uh, the best part about, uh, about sobriety is emotional intelligence that I've been able to gain. I think like the mental clarity to be able to sit and feel and think like, thank goodness I got on this side before Nana passed. That was the first close person in my life that I've ever lost. I didn't know other family members had, um, you know, that I was close with had ever passed. And so to literally like be in the room with her as she left this world, like, whoo, if I was not where I was at that time and am today, I would not have been able to handle it. Um, and goes to say with the stresses of the business, like it's a roller coaster every day, you know, from like, we are literally going to die. Everything's falling apart to like, this is the best thing ever. And I'm having an amazing time every other hour. Like it's, yeah, yeah. So, it's like, it is a total emotional roller coaster. So the um, chance that I get to like properly process things to really participate in therapy wholly and like work on myself, work through past traumas, like, reframe how I view the world and what really matters to me day in and day out is a gift of sobriety that I I just didn't have before. I feel like I got 14 years of wisdom and seven years of sobriety. Yeah. Wow. Are you a reader? Any books in your journey that you've read that has uh, been impactful for you? Yeah. You know, um, 
amazing, amazing author, Michael Singer, who wrote The Untethered Soul and followed up with The Surrender Experiment. Life-changing for me. Read um, The Untethered Soul and Surrender Experiment for the first time back when I first got sober. And I actually just yeah. reread them again this year. Okay. Um, it's into like consciousness and meditation and the ability we do have to step back from what is like flowing through the world and see that like we're experiencing it. We don't have to like throw ourselves into it. So yeah. like, something can happen and I don't have to like be a part of it. I can watch it happen and think creating a little buffer of how I want to react. And um, interestingly connected with, with your work and, and the prisons, like he goes really in depth with his uh, spiritual work in the prisons and that he was helping um, individuals incarcerated to experience like meditation and understand yeah. how to um, free themselves from a mental prison that stays with us. So yeah, some really, really powerful stuff there. And I think that's been, um, yeah, one of the best, best tools for me. Meditation's a big, big part of my practice that I I've made more consistent in the last year. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned just the phrase emotional intelligence uh, earlier. Uh, I, I eventually read a book called emotional intelligence and, mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was the greatest thing. If I'd have read that book before, before I went to prison, I may not have went to prison, but, um, speaking of yeah. alcohol in prison, I was one of those, um, alcoholics who drank until I got to prison and there's a lot of addicts and alcoholics in prison. Some of them, most of them that I've talked to, I was in prison for three years and almost every single one of them were intoxicated or high on drugs when they committed their crime. Not one person said I was sober and committed this crime. They were all under mm -hmm. the influence of something. And a lot of them in there, most of them in there are not getting the mental health they need. A lot of them went through a bunch of crap as kids. And some of that, some of their addiction was because they were coping with the trauma that happened to them. That does not get addressed in prison. They don't get the mental health they need. They're going through withdrawals. The it's 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 a it's a tough time for the addict and alcoholic in prison. Um, but I know there's hope because I came out. I'm doing well. I know there's hope. Uh, but speak to those people. These this podcast goes to four hundred thousand tablets in jails and prisons all across the nation as well. Um, but speak to those those ones behind the physical bars for a moment and just give them. Give them some hope with your dope message. <laughs> hope with my dope message. There, I think that message is that there's so much hope. There's so much potential to be unleashed. And I think the biggest piece of advice I have is to find something else to channel that energy and um, unbridled like excitement and focus you had on the negative before yeah. try and find something positive to focus it in. I, I actually meet a lot of entrepreneurs who are in recovery. I think it's like this uh, just superpower we all had inside of us that yeah. we were clouding with raw, with bad decisions. And if you can start to put your energy and skills towards the good, I mean, you can just create something fantastic and, and have that freedom and, and life you want, you know, um, yeah. inside or outside, you know, you don't have Absolutely. to wait till, till you leave, um, leave prison to be able to do something great. So That's right. yeah, start that internal, internal, internal work. Easy for me to say. And, um, yeah, it's, it's the best thing you can do just to try and center yourself and think about what you really want and ask yourself if it's worth it, if yeah. the way it was going before is worth it. So good. So good. Now in prison on commissary, we could order pints of ice cream and take them back to our cell, but we would have to eat them fast because they would melt there's no refrigerator mm -hmm. in the dorms and stuff. Um, I can imagine how well 
a pint of dope would go in prison. So if you ever think about trying to get in with the prison commissary and selling these to prisons so yeah. the inmates could have them in prison, uh, I think I think that that they would enjoy that. I think they would enjoy that. That would be so awesome. Yeah. That would be so the, awesome. A <laughs> legit way to get dope in prison. I was going to say the pun is not lost on me that they could enjoy some dope in prison. Um, it would be amazing. I love it so much. We did uh, work with a recovery program. I think it was in Virginia and sent some uh, some dope containers there for one of their um, recovery meetings. So we got a photo nice. of like 40 prisoners enjoying a little cup of dope. And oh, it was awesome so cool. to see the smiles. Yeah. Yes. So that's amazing. Maybe one day. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, I know we have some big events, uh, you know, uh, once or twice a year here at Forgiven Felons. And so maybe uh, maybe one one uh, year when you're, you're not appearing on Shark Tank and you're so busy, uh, we can have you <laughs> out to uh, have you out to one of our events and share your message and and uh, and, and give everybody uh, some some dope. So, yes, uh, it would thank be so you. awesome. Thank Love you so much for carving out time for us here at Forgiven Felons and uh, happy sobriety. Uh, happy sobriety. Happy birthday. I don't, I don't know how you. you say it. Sobriety birthday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy sober birthday. <laughs> yes. Happy sober birthday. But um, thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for realizing that, um, you know, that you wanted to one day you wanted to be the best version of yourself. And uh, it really is a great version. And uh, thank you for all you do for the She Recovers, for the recovery community. Uh, we need more and more people like you. And uh, so thank you for all you do. So nice. Right back at you. We need more people like you too. And uh, to everybody listening, have a dope day. <laughs> you can That's do it too. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thank you, Jay. Okay. Before we go, before we go, we need to promote your podcast. So tell us about your podcast real quick. What y'all talk about and uh, how it. people can listen to it. Sure. Yeah. So uh, my podcast is Soberpreneur and that is me, the sober entrepreneur. And I interview others about the adversities and obstacles they've overcome in their life to go on and create something great. So dose of hope and inspiration, uh, lots of individuals in recovery and uh, individuals working in the mental health or recovery space as well. So just uh, a good time and um, and been a really fun passion project for me to, to be able to elevate more stories. I think like that's the biggest thing people need yeah. is something else that they can relate to, you know, and it's like we talked about earlier in this discussion, it's not the same for everyone. So right. as many conversations as I can bring to light and show what some um, individuals paths have been like the better for others. Yes. Love it. Love it. And we'll yeah. put all the links to everything on, uh, on our show page as well. Uh, is there a book coming? Is there a movie coming? <laughs> well, I haven't thought of the movie yet, but I, I am absolutely dedicated to writing a book. I'm really, really excited uh, to be able to share my story. And, you know, it's funny when you think about like the journey of like, what is success? I keep having the like, when is the period on the end of the sentence, right. you know, because there's right. just still so much more to do. Um, but I, you know, I'm almost there. I'm almost there to the point of, of getting it out in a, in a book and really hoping that it is a cross section of being able to inspire people on my personal journey into recovery and also just what's possible with grit and entrepreneurship. Yes. All right. So is there anything else we need to promote uh your nonprofit <laughs> dope.com if you want to get dope.com <laughs> yeah dope.com absolutely and then yep. she recovers she recovers.org com uh, what yeah 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 she recovers.org okay um, is their website and, and we'll and, have and we'll have that link on there too and uh, are yeah. they a national organization yeah they're actually international so they're in Canada okay. as well um I think it's like more than 80,000 women in the private wow, Facebook group so now, which is amazing. They do multiple uh, meetings a day with recovery coaches leading those and um, in-person workshops and, and things as well. So it's been 
really cool to see it grow. Even over the last year, they've, they've just grown tremendously. So fun awesome. to be a part of that. And yeah, if, well, we will uh, put, anyone... uh, we'll put all your social media links on our show page for people to follow you and, uh, and to also buy some dope. So love it. And for anyone who hasn't seen it written yet and has just heard us saying it, it's D O U G H P.com. So it's dough with a yep. P on the end.com. Dough with a P. <laughs> that always gets yep. it. Yep. I love it. Cool. All right. Thanks Jay. What a great story. We want to thank Kelsey and the dope family, uh, for carving out time to just share, you know, not only what they're doing with dope and how, how, uh, just blessed their company is and even how it's still growing it's grown so much but it's going to grow even more i just know uh and all they do for the addiction recovery space and the in the mental health space i'm just so glad i'm honored to know kelsey i know you probably will never listen to this interview because uh if you're like me you don't listen to go back and listen to the interviews but even if you are if for some reason you do thank you so much for listening uh, i mean for um coming on the show man it really means a lot your story is going to change a lot of people and uh impact impact the world in uh in a way that i mean i know you already know that you're having this impact so thanks again uh listen if you if you're listening to this episode and and you know you you just think man what can i what what do i have to offer because a lot of times that moment that moment came to me a lot in in detox you know like this can't be more than this can't be what life has to offer it this can't be it there's got to be more but i didn't know my talents i didn't know where to be pointed i didn't have a whole lot of help you know uh, a lot of my christian friends were just like you know stop drinking then you can come 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 hang out with us you know and and, and it was hard because nobody really wanted to walk the walk with me so i'm kind of glad i went to prison because i had a lot of people in there that wanted to mentor me and disciple me even though i would still cuss even though i would still gamble and some of them even discipled me and mentored me through that as well. And, you know, so I'm, I'm glad to see that there's people out there that go, okay, there's, there's more than one road to sobriety, you know. Now, I believe there's only one road to heaven, and that's through salvation of Jesus Christ. But there's, there's you know, there's, there's roads to sobriety. I've, I've, I have great friends that have been sober for a long time that have never set foot in a church, you know, and they're good people. And... You know, they may not believe the way I believe, but at the same time, they're doing what they need to do to stay clean and stay sober. And I want to celebrate everybody, you know? I want to celebrate everybody. If you can live on this earth sober and, and be in control over alcohol and drugs and cigarettes and different other things and your vices, then I want to celebrate you and I want to applaud you. And so, um, so yeah, man, just, and listen, if you're if you're coming out of addiction or you're trying to get clean and sober, I promise you, you have something to offer this world. You've got to just figure out what it is. What do you gravitate to during your recovery? When you know you're trying to stay sober, what do you gravitate to? What are your gift? Where are your giftings leading you? And she just, you know, was like, I have a sweet tooth and I can bake. So let me see where this leads. You know, she just started out with cookie dough and, you know, and, and uh, so it's, I'm telling you, addiction one of my good friends, Jessica, said it on a way earlier podcast. She said, addiction doesn't have to have the final say. And, you know, again, we believe your background should pay you back. And this is what this is what Kelsey's doing. Her background of addiction is now paying her back. All those years she lost all the her dignity and everything else she lost because of alcohol. 
it's paying her back now. And uh, so thanks again. Listen, go to dope.com, check out her story. But more than more than that, uh, go to Costco. If you live in Texas, Arkansas, Kansas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, go to Costco, go to that freezer section and buy a, ba- a two-pound bag of dope. Take a picture of the receipt. Send it to me. Um, my email is going to be on the show page. So just look at the show page notes, you know, right there in, you know, on the podcast, um, right there where all the details are. My email is there and email me the receipt and they will donate $5 to forgiven felons. But if you don't have a Costco, you, if you just want to go online and buy, buy dope. Okay. That sounds so funny saying that, but if you want to buy dope online, then go do it. Try it out. If you're celebrating a sobriety birthday, a, a sober birthday, then get the sober birthday box. I loved it. We celebrated. It has confetti with it. and uh, and But put, put background check, no space, all one word, background check uh, in the coupon code, and you'll get $5 off. All right? I mean, when's the last time you got uh, uh, discounted dope? Huh? And that was uncut. I mean, usually it was cut with something. This is raw, uncut dope. <laughs> Yeah, I love, you guys know how I love making, you know, making creative puns and words. So let's, um, let me, let me lift up Kelsey and and Dope and and, uh, her family and everybody up in prayer. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you for um, the impact that you have allowed Kelsey to have. Thank you for her journey, for her recovery journey. Thank you for all the, the people she's helping. Thank you for the the way in which she helps. Thank you that her background is paying her back. It's not holding her back. God, thank you. Just give her, continue to give her success in her business, her family, everything they want to do, Lord. Open doors for them and and open doors for them in ways that they just never would have believed and give them everything they need for this part of their journey of helping other people in their journey. And for the people listening, Lord, that are, that are in their addiction, in their even in their social addiction lord whatever level addiction they're at lord let them hear this let them hear the prayer and let them know that they have a, a higher purpose than that drink or that drug in this world and um in jesus name we pray amen all right don't forget use code background check if you're going to buy online go to costco take a picture of the receipt and send it to me we will see y'all next time um next week all right gonna have a great Happy National Recovery Month, and and we're going to have a great interview next week, too. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Background Check Podcast, brought to you by Forgiven Felons, helping people with a past realize their future. For more information, please visit ForgivenFelons.org. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and please don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss the latest episode. I'm J.D. Gum, and this has been Background Check.